Would you join me in prayer? Gracious God, we ask that your spirit move among us as we seek your presence, your grace, and your guidance. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The lectionary reading today from the gospel comes from Luke chapter 2, beginning with verse 22. Uh, as we have just had the sacrament of baptism, a similar type of thing is happening in the life of Jesus as he comes to the temple. Listen uh, for the word of the Lord as it comes from Luke chapter 2. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit rested upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, now let thy servant depart in peace, according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother, Mary, This child is destined for the falling and for the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, she was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage. Then as a widow to the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town, Nazareth. The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Who are you? Who are you? It's a question that every human being has to answer because we orient ourselves in our lives not by some handbook that tells us exactly what to do in all times and places. We orient our lives by, by knowing who we are and how we fit in the world. 
The only way we know who we are is because there have been all these people around us who have given us coaching and teaching and feedback every step of the way. It's like Mr. Rogers said, there are people who talk us into talking, sing us into singing, and laugh us into laughing. We are selves in society. We only know who we are because there have been people around us who have seen us and guided us and blessed us and helped us to understand who we are in relationship to others, in other words, as a people. We do this in all sorts of ways. We do it through symbols. Symbols matter. They tell us about who we are as a people. I went to Vanderbilt Divinity School. Uh, in the 1960s, uh, one of the students in the Divinity School had participated in the, the lunchroom protests in downtown Nashville. Um, and for being part of the civil rights movement, he was kicked out of school by the president of Vanderbilt University on which half of the Divinity School resigned in mass. The faculty of the Divinity School resigned in mass. Why? Because it was written in the arch of the Divinity School, Schola Prophetorum, School of the Prophets. How could they be prophets and not stand up against the greatest evil of the time? The School of the Prophets. It was written in stone, but it was written in the hearts of the people. I just like to go into a, 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 a church or a, a religious institution and, and look what's written in stone. <laughs> you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's written in stone and every time you come into this sanctuary, that's there giving you a message. I think we human beings orient ourselves uh, by, by the, the, the symbols that are around us that help us to remember. Baptism, communion, are, uh, are their sacraments for us. As sacraments, signs and symbols of who we are as a people of faith. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I like those images in movies of, uh, of submarines where they're in the inky darkness and they don't know where they are until they get a ping from some other submarine and they ping back and forth to help orient themselves. Well, that's part of what we do as human beings, to help orient ourselves. I uh, watched a movie this week. Uh, Ed Harris uh, played Beethoven. Um, this movie, Copying Beethoven, it's about 17 years old. I guess I'm a little behind in some of my movies, all right. Um, but um, as, as, uh, as Beethoven is working in his last year, he's, he's completing the, the Ninth Symphony and he needs somebody to help him copy it, uh, and the best person there is is this young woman. Uh, this is not a historical piece. This is a symbolic piece, and it's, it's wonderful. The, 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 the story goes uh, in the movie that, that by the time Beethoven is ready to conduct, um, he is almost completely deaf. And the only way that he can lead the orchestra is, and, and the choir, this massive choir, uh, is, is uh, 
because this young woman is standing off to the side. The audience can't see her, but off the side of his view, he can see her. And she is keeping time with the music and letting him know when the crescendos come and the when, when it gets quiet. And, and it's because of the quiet messages that she gives that he knows how to come to this point of his magnum opus. It is beautiful. And that's really what we experience. That we have these people around us who are so important to us and who help us to know um, what, what we do and what we should do and, and, and how to live. I pay attention to sociologists and anthropologists and theologians. Sociologists because they make me more aware of, of the words and actions and the values that are embedded in people and lived out in particular ways uh, as, as, as social groups. And I pay attention to anthropologists because they pay attention to symbols and, and rites and rituals and, and what people mean by those various things. Those can be secular or religious. And I pay attention to theologians because they help us to, to see and to perceive where God is helping us to, uh, where God is helping us off the corner of our vision to know how to live our lives. It's a metaphor. It's a metaphor uh, that, 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 that helps me in these symbols and these actions to say, who am I? Who am I in relationship to the people that I'm part of? And what kind of people are they shaping me to be? Because the world around us also has their values, their symbols, their rituals that they're trying to instill upon our consciousness and make us become more fearful to become more and more fearful, to become divided, more and more divided. They do these little rituals, these incantations that make people afraid of other people and, and, and divided from other people. Um, they, 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 then, then you read a story like this story today in Luke, where there are these two old people People that maybe society has, has shunted off into that list of people who don't count, but they come to the center stage at the very beginning of Jesus' life. And as the rituals happen, they give the ritual new meaning as they say to the parents just what this child's, child's life will mean. They give their blessing. It is such a powerful image, these two elderly members who influence, direct, and infect this family with this faith that is powerful. Isn't that what a community of faith does for one another? We have these people in our lives who are orientation figures for us. They help us to remember who we are. Um, <clears throat> Sometimes I come to church and I feel uh, like Moses at the burning bush, like I should take off my shoes <laughs> because there are these people of faith who are burning with passion and faith and hope and love. They're burning, but they're not consumed. And they keep on burning with this love that is so amazing. These people matter because they serve and speak and embody something of the presence of God. 
They're in our midst. And sometimes the things they do are big and impressive. And sometimes they're quiet and very, very subtle. But they remind us, don't they? They remind us of the presence of God and how God perseveres in the world. That God will persevere even when they're dead and gone like Anna and and and, and uh, the, the the priest today uh, that they, they, they may be dead and gone but they still continue to burn in their passion and they still continue to inspire us they inspire us with this profound meaning and we have glimpses glimpses of the presence of God through the interaction of these people of faith Interactions of grace and joy and blessing through the reactions and relations as God's messengers speak of God's presence that dawns on us in the darkness. I like this story today because these elderly people are really the heroes of the story. Not heroes who pick up a sword and slay thousands. They're the heroes of endurance and faithfulness and love who come to the temple every day to bear witness. And when this moment comes, they are ready. They're ready with this crescendo of, of, of their magnum opus when they get to tell the parents of Jesus what the child's life will be. They bless him. And you know, why do we know about this? Because the parents never forgot. The parents never forgot. They're the heroes of the story. And that's what people of faith do for each other. They inspire one another to the beauteous, the wondrous, the sense of community and flourishing, the wonder and admiration, the amazement that God gives to us. This passage celebrates a sense of community as a place where God's salvation can be experienced. And it broadens our imagination to wonder who can we bless because we have been blessed by these people who have come before us these people who have touched our lives and transformed our imaginations and helped us to imagine of what more we can be who has touched us and who whose life can we touch with our faithfulness and love it's the community that communicates and celebrates. These two today, they do it so freely, so vigorously, so passionately. They even, they, they, they even let them know that there's going to be conflict and challenge, but this is going to be part of where God will work out God's way in the world. And so we hear this story of celebration and liberation and cooperation. The church is a place that God has graced. Graced to be a people of faith, blessed to be a blessing. May this passage today help us to remember who we are, who we are in God's grace, and who we are as we celebrate together and embody these values of blessing that God has infused upon a community and help us to be and to share that blessing. Amen.